This is our third Twitter spaces. In general, lithium sentiment has noticeably improved as uh, lithium prices have, you know, started to recover. You know, the Fed has likely stopped tightening, you know, which I think provides for a good backdrop. Uh, valuations in the lithium space are low still, in, in my opinion, uh, but have very, you know, substantial growth. So this is a kind of growth, not a, only at a reasonable price, but growth at a at a value price. So I'm going to turn and, and now speak, you know, probably for 15 or 20 minutes, I think, just on uh, my thoughts on Alchem Live End, uh, which I think is is a really good deal overall. I think it's great for the industry and uh, I think it's good for both companies and the shareholders of both companies. So I'm not going to get into a conversation of was this better really for Livent or Allchem shareholders. I think in a similar way that Galaxy and Oracobre, when they merged, was very good for both company shareholders, uh, and that has been borne out, that this will be very good for both Allchem and Livent's shareholders. I, I, I do have to say that you know, I do believe it is um, far and away, you know, the best deal making I've seen from Paul Graves and Livent. I have been very, I was very, I've been following Paul, uh, you know, since FMC when they were carving out this into an IPO. I think it was in 2017, 2018, when I first heard him, he came on the scene publicly i think you know i remember i recall hearing about his presentation at the bmo conference you know in 2017 and, and I, he's the most articulate spokesperson i find um his quarterly conference calls are are great in detail but as a former investment banker at goldman sachs i called him the silver tongue from from goldman sachs i've been unimpressed, thinking as a banker that he would be a really good deal maker over the, the, the past, you know, four or five years, that hasn't been the case, right? You know, uh, until now, like, I think this deal will will make up for, you know, some of the other, what I believe to be mistakes, which I'll, I'll talk about, you know, now. But uh, also, I was in Philadelphia last week, my son finished his first year at Temple University. And I always love visiting, you know, Philadelphia is just a great city, but that is where FMC's headquarters is live. And I believe is still headquartered, you know, in, in the FMC building that's going to change now with the merger. They, they said a new headquarters will be announced as well as a new name. I hope just to, as an aside, thank you for all the people who took the bait, you know, and tried to suggest names for the new live and then all chem and uh almost all of them have been some variation of live and all chem uh the only one that I, I i sort of like laughed at was you know lycum um lithium but uh, i don't think they're gonna i would hope i would advise them not to try to combine the 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 names of the companies because uh, both Livent and Allchem, when those names first came out, were on balance, you know, negatively received. <laughs> so hopefully they'll invest in, um, you know, some, you know, you know, other branding, you know, they're okay, but that that's, uh, we'll see what they come up with, but that that's not that material. But when I first, when FMC spun out Livent because they were based in Philadelphia you know, I called it Philadelphia Freedom, you know, in an homage to Elton John and uh, was, was looking very carefully at, at what, because FMC did not invest, right? Right. Joe Lowry and others, you know, talked about Livent 
growing the Ombre Muerto, you know, to 60,000 tons. And that's been on the cards for like, you know, 10 years or more. But FMC never really invested in the business. So the, the Philadelphia Freedom uh, was to enable, you know, Livent to execute on those plans. And I, I also, I referenced in Lithium Bull in, in 2017, 2018, because Rocky, you know, the famous movie Rocky, Sylvester Stallone, they love him there. I was by the statue. I, I tweeted a short, you know, video last week when I'm there. But I, I, Rocky was an underdog, so Livent, you know, when they came out of the gate, was an was an underdog. And uh, as I'm looking at, I'm conjuring up a narrative. Maybe I'll write about this, or maybe make a video of it specifically, or maybe I'll just um, free range think now that uh, you know the Livent story is now entering Rocky three. Right. So the Rocky one underdog, you know, he, Rocky didn't win in Rocky one. Right. If you remember anyone who watched that movie, he was all bloodied up. You know, yo, Adrian, um, you know, I did it. I made the 15 rounds, but, uh, you know, was was pretty bloody and, um, you know, it, it didn't win. Rocky two, I think, is just ending now. And we're transitioning to, you know, Rocky three. So Rocky two, um, the stock recovered. You know, the cash flow kind of returned uh, and they made the investment in Namaska, which was um, and, and, and growing. So that that's setting the stage. You know, by the way, Rocky, you know, Spodjmin Rock, um, you know, th- th- there's lots of double entendres there. Uh, the original song of Rocky one was uh, Gonna Fly Now. And that was a very popular song. And it's a really, you know, if you watch that, you know, the teaser for that, which I may include in a video, it's it's, it's very inspiring, you know, to, to, to just think about Rocky. But uh, Rocky Three was Eye of the Tiger. Uh, that was the popular song, you know, there. So so Paul Graves has the Eye of the Tiger. We're now entering Rocky Three. Rocky Three is uh, very substantially focused on Quebec, uh, but also very substantially focused on Argentina. But the, the, the Quebec angle, David Deckelbaum of Cowan asked the question uh, in the merger, uh, you know, Q&A, where are the cost savings, you know, going to come from? Um, and a lot was discussed about Quebec uh, because James Bay, uh, Allchem never announced where they were going to build their conversion plant, right? They had put in a slide deck, you know, last year, you know, it could be in North Carolina, it could be in. Quebec, it could be in Georgia. I think they were alluding to maybe you know being close to SK Innovation there. But uh, now it seems very definitively that you know in Beckencore, the new live at Allchem will be rethinking about the size of that plant. You know, and it could be fed you know from both Wabushi and um, and James Bay. And there's there should be a lot of cost synergies in terms of feasibility studies and people and the like. And you know, so that's. That's very important. There was an article in uh, in Bloomberg that that quoted uh, Paul Graves afterwards, and I, I think this is very important. That, that, that these two companies are merging, you know, two five six billion dollar companies into a ten billion dollar company. That that gives it much more scale. Um, you know, also from a, a stock market point of view, the bigger you are, you know, the, the more liquid the stock should be, the more, you, you know, conventional. There's some album all investors that say, like, even live, buying live and was too difficult or, or too small. So now just just critical mass from a, a market cap point of view, I think they, they will uh, trade at a higher multiple 
looking at the multiple before I get into this Bloomberg article, uh, you know, the, the, this $10.6 billion company is for, you know, $1.2 billion in trailing EBITDA, right? So that's like 8.8 times or so um, trailing EBITDA. When Albemarle bought Rockwood, you know, way, you know a few years ago, um, they paid like nearly twice that multiple on a trailing basis. But on a forward basis, you know, Livin and Alchem today produce about 35,000 tons. This is a very substantial growth story. Um, uh, I'm simplifying because they, they, they make multiple products. But if you just look at it on a tons basis, you know, they're talking about capacity of 250,000 tons by 2027, uh, which would make them the third biggest in, in capacity. And, and there's charts on that, you know, et cetera. I mean, that's very, very substantial growth. Um, and, you know, so the, 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 which, they're, which they said they're going to finance exclusively from existing cash flow. So they, they don't need to go to the equity markets. They probably can raise, you know, some decent debt, you know, in time. We'll, 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 we'll see about that, but uh, they don't need to. Um, so all chem, I've always been advocated for all chem to us list so that they can kind of get a specialty chemical multiple because they're not so, because Australia doesn't typically give such high multiples. So, you know, from an all chem shareholder perspective, you're now going to get a us listing, but interestingly, as a live in shareholder, you're now going to get an Australian listing, right? You know, so the Australian universe is, is now going to start paying attention more to, you know, Livent's assets, which, you know, will we'll make, which I think Quebec is going to be very important. And, but what's happening in Argentina, I guess, will be relevant for, you know, Galan Lithium or Argosy, you know, for those who follow, you know, the, those, those Argentine names. I think I also tweeted that uh, I, I was before this. So firstly, I saw this, I thought either of these companies were going to be bought by Rio Tinto, right? I just thought Rio should have bought Alchem, should have bought Livehead. So I think it's a, a double missed opportunity for Rio. Word on the street, almost everybody who is on, you know, major sell side analyst and actually just happened to run into, um, you know, a, a lithium investor at, you know, a top five, you know, global, you know, long only, you know, kind of mutual fund. And, you know, the two sell side analysts I spoke to and this investor all said, okay, now that they've, you know, combined, uh, now it's, now it'll be big enough for like a Rio to buy it. Um, and that's probably true. I don't think that though, but I'm happy that Rio didn't buy either company and, and that this happened because Rio's a mining company. These are two chemical companies. So it's two chemical companies who have decided to merge, um, and and we're still going to have Paul Graves, you know, speaking to the market, you know, every quarter, you know, hopefully for the next you know number of years. Um, but I do think it, it will be bought at a much higher valuation by someone like Rio Tinto, you know, in in a few years. Uh, two or three weeks ago, I was at a different conference, you know, Quebec focused, and, and Tom Albanese, who is the ex CEO of Rio, who was the person who uh, made the acquisition of. Alcan uh, aluminum uh, for like $35 billion, which was, which turned out to be a disastrous acquisition because, you know, the, when we talk about post-traumatic stress disorder for the big mining companies and why they are not coming in and, you know, buying what we think are, are cheap assets, 
you know, it's that Rio Alcan moment that, you, you know, we, we point to as the, as somewhat of the peak that was in 2017, but, but I've been saying for a while, you know, when Rio finally capitulates and buys, let's say Albemarle, you know, at a hundred billion valuation, you know, up from 20 billion valuation, you know, that's going to happen, you know, uh, but, and that will be the top of this kind of lithium super cycle. So when you see Rio, um, overpaying for something that's when you should all be selling your lithium shares right you know using uh rio alcan um as as one of, of a few reference points of you know the, the 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 lack of speed with which um the incumbent mining companies you know you know act and the missed opportunities rodney made a point last week that maybe rio has buyer's remorse from rincon you know that that could very well be true I, I was shocked when I saw a statement that Rio said, we're not going to like, you know, chase you new know, valuations like so high, you know, as I mentioned, 8.8 times trailing, you know, EBITDA is not that high. And if you look at the margins, I think I was calculating the, 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 the combined company has 1.9 billion in revenue and 1.2 billion in adjusted EBITDA last year. So that's 63% EBITDA margins across all of Livent and Alchem's spodumene you know, and brine assets. So that those are very significant margins. Those margins, I think, are, are going to stick around in the stronger for longer. You know, so these are software margins. They're actually iron ore margins. Rio, you know, achieves these. I just think you'll you'll see them for longer, you know, in lithium. And, and therefore, these companies are, are not, they're not expensive. But, you know, again, Rio will wake up to that fact three or four years from now, in my opinion. And But it'll be at much higher valuations. So there's still a lot of legs to go anyone who's lived through the kind of 2002 three four five six seven uh you know super cycle in commodities i, I think we're we're kind of like still in the early stages of, of that of that so going back to just some mistakes that i saw you know of of paul you know with which this now i think will rectify when fmc spun out livent uh, livent inherited you know a 400 million dollar you know, short-term revolving credit facility. They use that short-term credit facility to finance, you know, a $600 million, you know, growth at Ombre Muerto. And this was 2018 and they went public at $17. They were trying to get, you know, $18. So it was priced, I think, you know, a slight, slightly lower than they expected. And, and But then, you know, the stock just performed within the first quarter uh, the guidance that they had given during the IPO had been missed. And there was actually a class action lawsuit, which uh, Livent settled, I think, for $7 million, you know, a, a, about that. So so Rocky One was kind of like, you know, bloodied, like right out of the gate. And then going into, uh, I don't know, it was 2019, 2020, they were breaching their covenants because they weren't making enough EBITDA to pay, you know, um, you know, the revolver. So... Uh, Liven was forced to do kind of like a, a, a convertible, which was under the sustainable, you know, green finance and convertible. But, you know, the conversion price of that equity was like $8, I think, 37 cents, you know, which 18 months after they went public or two years after they went public at 17 was not a great, you know, you know, deal. So like the decision to actually go ahead and fund a long-term investment with a short-term revolver you know, I saw as a mistake um, and, uh, you know, a surprising mistake for, you know, an investment banker. 
um, who, who could have known. Um, and then the convert, you know, he was just forced into the convert. So the market was there and, 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 he, and, and he did the convert. Another mistake I saw is that like in the depths of the um, COVID, you know, Rodney and I were, you know, were carbonate was selling for four or $5,000 a ton um, live in, which has always been short carbonate. And as an aside, this merger is fantastic. It's a very important comment. They'll no longer be short carbonate, right? This solves that problem for them. But, you know, they could have, there were all sorts of people who would have been very happy to, well, Livent could have bought cheap carbonate if they had the balance sheet, or they could have partnered with a trading firm. Like we introduced this idea to, to Coke, you know, and a few other well-capitalized companies that, hey, just buy as much carbonate as you can, warehouse it as a synthetic mine, you know, and then, you know, then maybe partner with Livent to convert it into hydroxide. You know, that would have been a great trade, you know, buying carbonate at four or 5,000 and warehousing it. But, you know, Livent could have been buying up all of that carbonate at that time if they if they pursued that. But they were just trying to survive. You know, COVID was difficult, but just the, the, the I just didn't see much innovation there. And then finally, I haven't seen much deal making, you know, besides this great deal. You know, whereas other companies have financed juniors, if you look at mineral resources, you know, has incubated, uh, you know, and, and, and invests, you know, and, and buys five, 10 percent stakes in companies. I, I just thought with the platform of Livent and the skills and, and, and the customer base, uh, you know, they made a small investment in E3 and then they walked away from it. Right. You know, they invested a million and a half dollars and uh, they walked away from it. But you know, I got nothing for it, right? They gave, you know, one year of free IP, you know, to E3. I thought that was a well-negotiated deal from E3's point of view. The Namaska bit, you know, they inherited, you know, FMC was an off-taker and I think had invested maybe 10 million in Namaska. Maybe this is why they didn't invest in juniors because they felt they got burned in Namaska, but, you know, they were a secured credit. The reason they originally had the 25% stake in, in Namaska was as a settlement, as a secured creditor, you know, of twenty million dollars, then they smartly, you know, did the deal with uh, Pallinghurst, and 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 are focused, you know, in pivoting, you know, to to Hard Rock. So I'm going to read some quotes from this, you know, Bloomberg article. So this is Paul Graves saying, "Quote: America centric is a big differentiator for us with customers and with investors. China, where U.S." based Livent has refineries will not be a focus of growth for us in the future. So this merger is very much focused on America and ex-China. Other quotes, he said, the growth area is really investing in Argentina, investing in Canada, investing in localized Western supply chains, Graves said. Australia, a key ally of the, uh, ally of the U.S., would also be a focus of the new company. Martin Perez de Soleil added, it's, it's in the U.S. interest to qualify Argentina, and we expect that they will, he said, getting favorable response from the U.S. government. He's talking about the FTA. Argentina doesn't currently have a free trade agreement, so is somewhat disadvantaged. Although he said anything converted out of Argentina in North Carolina will get full credit. But I just think it's, it's, it's telling that, you know, yes, Livent has conversion facilities in China, but um, and Allchem sends a fair bit of their technical grade, you know, carbonate to China. But 
they have the Japan Naraha live and has facilities in the UK, in North Carolina. This is very much an ex China play, uh, even more so than than Albemarle, as I think about it. Albemarle, you know, with mineral resources, has been converting a lot there. So um, it's a, it's, a, it's an important additional attribute. It wasn't talked up as much in the conference call as it was in this article. So that's that, that that's. In, it's important, you know, and, and relevant. The broader merger, I'd encourage everybody to kind of like look at the presentation and 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 listen to the the, the conference call. Uh, I listened to the live and one. There was another one that, you know, that all can hosted. I'm not putting too much credence in the you know annual run rate synergies and capex savings. I think that it's relevant, but this this deal was not about you know cutting costs. It, it, it was very much about having geographic, you know, product diversity to, to focus on tier one non-Chinese OEMs. And uh, that is a contrast, you know, to, to the, the lithium America's Argentine asset, you know, it's 51% controlled by China. Argentina is very much, it's more, it's diverse. We call it the United Nations of Argentina because, you know, Pasco's there and, and Aramet's there. And it's not all China, but there's a very, very substantial component of, of China in South America, it's not just Argentina, but also in SQM. But but again, Alchem and, and Livent are, are very focused on ex-China and Quebec. Following Piedmont and Sayana bringing on the North American lithium mine, that, that will, you know, turn what has been a negative story in North American lithium into a positive story. Namaska and James Bay are going to turn into a very positive story. So this this North American lithium triangle I keep talking about, the, the spodumene two hydroxide lithium triangle, you know, from Carolina to Quebec to Ontario, you know, is happening, right? And it's very exciting. Um, and I know uh, a friend of mine you know, Sarah Maricel, ex-Tesla, joined Livent, you know, last year and, you know, is in the process of moving, you know, to Quebec. You know, so Quebec is going to be a, a very substantial, you know, focus for the new Livent, Alchem and, and Canada. Just like Western Australian hard rock is going to China, North American hard rock is going to be converted, you know, here in the U.S., mostly to hydroxide, some to carbonate. You know, we'll see what happens with North American lithium, you know, the Siona carbonate plant. But but the U.S. market's still very substantially hydroxide focused. You have the Cybertruck, you know, coming soon that requires hydroxide, you know, the semi. I've always been saying like Tesla's most sexy vehicles, right, require hydroxide. But LFP is great. I drove an LFP powered tesla you know for three days in in florida and you know it, it charges very fast and um it wasn't a cold climate so i don't exactly know i know there are some issues there but uh you know we don't care lithium demand for we hope lfp succeeds enormously you know in the united states and and elsewhere it's just going to feed you know greater demand for for lithium but but hydroxide is very much a going to be there'll be a bifurcation i think the market for hydroxide people talk about like the balanced market you know will be 50 50 you know carbon and hydroxide kind of on a global basis but i think like china will be very substantially you know carbonate you know and ex-china us in particular will, will be very 
substantially um, lithium hydroxide. And I think there will be a, a bifurcation in terms of pricing as well. I think you're going to have regional pricing, uh, localized, you know, supply chains also, you know, Chancey was talking about the, you know, the, the, the more environmentally friendly process of Metsu-Ototech. So is it, I think there'll be green premiums, right, or localized premiums. The, the market for and prices that you're going to see, you know, all chem and livent receive for, you know, James Bay and, and Namaska, uh, you know, hydroxide in a few years will, will be a different and, and premium price to um, where it is, you know, elsewhere, in my opinion. I'll make a couple more comments. It was interesting that, like, if you look at the split of EBITDA from last year between Livent and Alchem, you know, Alchem was substantially more profitable than Livent, you know, $815 million versus uh, $367 million. So I think 70% of the EBITDA came from Alchem. However, this, both the CEO and the CFO are coming from Livent. Right. So that's that's atypical in a merger of equals that, that you would get both the CEO and the CFO. But I, I commented as well on Twitter. There was a good article in, in the Australian Financial Review profiling the new chairman of Allchem, which is uh, Peter Coleman, who just joined as a director replacing Martin Rowley, uh, I think, seven or eight months ago. And he basically said, like, look, they had been having discussions for a while, but then they were, you know, they were not talking to each other at, at the time. But, uh, you know, Peter is a very substantial you know, person who's former CEO of Woodside. I don't know him at all. And this is the first I ever heard his name was reading that article. But just looking at his, his bio and looking at the strategic logic, you know, in that article, you know, in the history, um, this just make it made a lot of sense. I had heard that Martin, you know, at the BMO conference w was very much in, in deal-making mode as were a lot of other um, companies, which is why it, when I spoke to um, that uh, publication, I was quoted, you know, this week, uh, just focused on, uh, you know, m and I, I, There's just going to be, there's going to be more, you know, Albemarle Liontown. Um, these are, these are big deals, right? But there's a lot of, uh, mid-sized deals to be done. You know, I'm wondering actually, you know, what's going to happen to Martin De Soleil? Um, you know, he's going to be a consultant to to the company, but um, and between Paul and and Martin, I'm very happy. You know, that Paul is going to continue to be you know the, the spokesperson. We, we interviewed Martin for our Canada Rocks conference a few months ago, and I met him for the first time at, at PDAC, and he's a formidable guy. I started speculating, you know, yesterday that uh, maybe he'll join, you know, the Lithium Argentina's spin out from Lithium Americas at some point, and, uh, and whatever he does will, will, will be interesting. But uh, given his, his knowledge and connectivity to, you know, Argentina, you know, th th I wouldn't be surprised at all to see to see that. Another thing, uh, another comment about the merger that wasn't said yet is that, that there is an element of being too big to fail in Argentina. So there, there is Argentina risk. And that's why I thought like Lithium America's, you know, getting into Millennial and then getting to Arena, you know, it, it, it was relevant because there is, you know, they're going to think twice, you, you know, Argentina is still a risky place, you know, geopolitically and economically, the, the economy is not great. And there's always, you know, scope to muck around and, and, you know, raise royalties. I know there's the federal versus the you know, the, the local system, 
uh, or the, the, the provincial. But but overall, I think this this protects. Uh, this is smart and, and and gives political you know Argentina political protection to the combined you know live and all chem uh, you know company. Yeah, rele- relevant relative to Lithium Americas, I've said. I think lithium Americas or lithium Argentinas will benefit now from this. And that's a contrast to like a week or two ago when I thought like if there are three Argentine ways to play, if there's Livent, there's Allchem, you know, Livent owns 100% of their assets, Allchem owns 65%, you know, Lack owning 49% of Qatari. And then, you know, it just would be a smaller, you know, a billion market cap, billion and a half market cap, you know, compared to Livent, Allchem, you know, it would definitely be the third choice. Now you have a $10 billion market cap company in live and all cam and that should grow from there. And then you'll have, you know, a billion and a half. You know, I just think for those who are interested in playing Argentina brine, this is a, this is a positive, right. For, for that spin out. Um, I'm very interested to see what the valuations are going to be between, um, you know, the lithium Argentinas, you know, and then the Thacker pass asset. So, that's going to be very topical and, 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 and newsworthy over the course of the next number of months. And as I said, I think at the top of this uh, call, you're going to have two new, you know, NYSE listed company. I assume there'll be NYSE listed. So you'll have lithium America's Thacker pass and you'll have, you know, lithium Argentina's whatever they, they're going to name them. I was kind of tongue in cheek suggested maybe they call it lithium margin. They, they call it, you know, America's lithium instead of lithium America's for Thacker pass. And then they call Argentina China's lithium for the, the relationship with Ganfang. But uh, I don't think they'll use either of those two names, but I hope they don't use lithium America's because I represented lithium America's and Western lithium at the time of that merger. And the company name was Western lithium, their surviving name. But then when Macri kind of, you know, took over and, and in Argentina and the Kachari Olaraz project became more the flagship than the Thacker Pass, uh, and there was a management change, you know, at Lithium Americas, they they went back and, and brought back the Lithium Americas name. But that was after like a period of like a month that they were asking me as an advisor, you know, to submit some names. And I, I submitted a few and uh, they ended up not being overly creative and just called it Lithium Americas, which was the old name. So again, uh, hopefully Livent, Allchem, Lithium Americas will do a better job this time around in employing, you know, branding experts to uh, come up with exciting names for for those entities. But I, I'm going to highlight just a few things. We, we did put out our most recent video is with Winsome Resources, where the focus was on Steve Gibbons, uh, ex uh, core lithium CEO. So another lithium legend in, in the same uh, category uh, or a bit lesser known than, than Ken Brinsden. But I, I do think it's interesting, you know, to crocodile, you know, Dundees who had huge success over long periods of time in Western Australian rock have both, you know, come to the James Bay region of Quebec uh, to become chairman of, uh, uh, you know, junior companies. So Patriot and Winsome are, are very interesting plays. So I'd encourage you to watch that video, that webinar, but it's relevant again for live and all chem in the James Bay region. Also going to give a shout out to a, another client of ours, a company called Idaho Champion is in the 
directly has land directly in between both Winsome and, and, and Patriot. So that, that's a that's a new, I don't know, 10 or 15 million market cap company. So we're, we're looking, you know, you've got to be selective as we've talked about our RK equity scoreboard. There's an oversupply of lithium opportunities. We're not always going to be right. We're going to miss things that go up. You know, some of the things we are looking at, you know, may take time to, to, to perform better. You know, since we started in lithium with Western Lithium and Lithium Americas and Piedmont, you know, Winsome and many others uh, that are, uh, you know, in our disclaimer, you know, and on the credentials deck um, on, on all our videos, uh, our track record has been pretty good. So just want to point to the Winsome one, uh, Row Motion on energy storage, you know, that's coming up. We'll just give another plug to, um, for all of you, you know, on Patreon in July of last year. Uh, when I started back, you know, doing interviews after a two-month break, we had 4,000 YouTube subscribers, and I announced like a stretch goal to get to 20,000 within a year. You know, uh, so that that a five times increase is probably overly ambitious. We're at 6,000 now, so that's like 50% growth in nine months, um, which is faster growth than Tesla is actually going to achieve. They have 50, you know, they're probably in the in the 30s. So, and we have three more months. You know, so let, let, let's see you know, before, you know, that that we're not going to get to 20,000, but uh, we just encourage you all to uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, um, subscribe to us as Patreons to get some of our early access content and extended cuts and the like. Thanks again for checking in with Rodney and me and RK Equity. And we'll be, um, you know, we, we've had good success with um, with this and we, we enjoy the format. So we're going to continue doing this as well as, making our YouTube videos. Take care.